Our text actually is going to be from John chapter 9, reading from verse 1. That's going to be our text in the course of this study. But the things we're going to be dealing with, we want to examine specific words in the scriptures. I mean, which is common to various uh, groups or groups, I mean, of of thought in terms of religious belief, as the case may be. One of them is reincarnation. Carnation. I don't know if I'm right there. Reincarnation. Maybe I should be there. I don't know. Okay, that is one. The number two is soul transmigration. The number three is karma. Amen. I want us to examine these words in relation to the beliefs of various bodies such as the resurrection order, the ekanka, and various other bodies. These beliefs teaches them or makes them to focus on certain things. In fact, you know what belief really is already because we've dealt with the issue of belief. But it shapes their consciousness in the things they do. Amen? And this thing you see in these religious uh, bodies or groups of belief uh, sectors, they have always been there. Let me give you an example. You, for instance, there are a group of people that believe in hell, fire, the way it is. It affects their thinking not to do certain things because they don't want to go to hell. Am I correct? Good. All the group of people believe heaven the way it is. And so their desire is to do what pleases God so that they can go to heaven. Is that all right? Okay. Now we're going to be seeing all of these things as we go into the scriptures. One of the reasons I have to make us see this is so that you are not ignorant in what people teach and then you should have biblical backing to stand your ground when there is the issue of people contending with your belief. Amen? You see, Paul says, I have not failed to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Now, as we go into the study, you're going to discover that indirectly too, there are Christians that believe in some of this thing I'm going to say, but they may not use the word that I've written on the board now. Hallelujah. Okay, but now let's start with our text by going to the book of John But by the way, has anybody heard these words before? 
You've heard it before? Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe somebody will give us a good text. <laughs> uh, I mean, a kind of topic that we're going to Christian this way because I, I find it difficult to give it a topic. Because if you say reincarnation, somebody, hey, that man is teaching mysticism. And so what will you put on, on, the, on the CD or something so that people can still find time to go into it? Anyhow, you've heard about reincarnation. You've heard about soul transmigration. Am I correct? And then you've heard about karma. Is that okay? All right. So now let's look at John chapter 9. Like I said, indirectly, indirectly, Christians are believing into these things. But let's see the answer. In John chapter 9, the Bible says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his bed. And the disciple asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And I want you to know that. This man or his parents. So, number one, the disciples believe. Or there was a common belief that your past sins can hook up onto you in your future. Hello? They also have heard or they believe that what your parents did can hook up onto you in the future. Are you getting that? Okay, now all of this thing you find in either what you call reincarnation, karma, or soul transmigration. But watch this as we go on. So here they ask, who did sin? In other words, the consequences of sin is either that is what made this man blind. And I'm going to explain a little bit deeper what mentality they had in asking this question. Which, to a very large degree, the very body of Christ today are also believing. Amen? Because when you talk of parental causes, you're automatically saying your father sinned and you're paying the price. Am I correct? Good. And that is the question here. Who sinned? This man or his parents? So if it is parents that sin, that means the boy is paying the consequences of the sins of his parents. Is that okay? Alright, look at verse 3. Jesus answered, Neither have this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can walk. As long as I'm in the wall, I'm the light of the world. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, let's just say what he said to this man. Verse 6. When he had thus spoken his part on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which by interpretation means scent. <laughs> that has a lot for me. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seen. Now, reincarnation. Let me read some of my studies here so that you can see. You will need to get a CD because there are so many things that we cannot just write. But you judge the ministration that comes to you. Don't forget, we ask the question, who did sin? This man or his parents? 
And of course, Jesus gave a straightforward answer. Neither. This man nor his parents. And so for every one of us to associate certain things, either in our lives or to people's lives, to the consequences of sin, we may not be seen clearly. Okay. Now, reincarnation. The word reincarnation is derived from the Latin word, which actually means entering the flesh again. And that was summarized, it says. When you say reincarnation, you are meaning entering the flesh again. Eh? Sorry, my handwriting is very wonderful, so you can just speak. That is the meaning of the word reincarnation from the Latin. It literally means entering the flesh again. Now, when the scripture says, for instance, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. You are using the word minus ray. Or minus ray, that is. Huh? You are using the word incarnation. Did you get that? Come on. Good. I want you to follow. There are not too much of mystics. You, you know them. You've been hearing about them. When you remove the word ray, you have incarnation. So when you say, Jesus came and dwelt among us, Jesus incarnated within us. Is that okay? Within flesh. Because it means entering the flesh again. But you see, when you remove the again, or the flesh again. When you remove the again, what you simply have is entry what? The flesh. Incarnation. So when you say reincarnation, that means the person once incarnated and came back again. So it's like a journey you're making twice. Did you get it? I want you to understand. When people talk, maybe on TV, and say reincarnation, and your head becomes something. What is this people talking about? You just need to know all of these things. There is nothing you are not supposed to know as a child of God. So when you say reincarnation, you are saying the man is making a journey. A repeated journey. And I pray we don't also indirectly think and believe that Jesus is going to reincarnate. Because our beliefs, the way we believe too, huh? about what we call the second coming of Christ could tend to become something like what? Reincarnation. Does it make sense? Okay. So, again, reincarnate. Now, he incarnated. The world became flesh. That is incarnation. So, if we repeat the journey, it becomes reincarnate. Now, the unfortunate thing is this. When people, by reason of what we're going to be looking at, when somebody reincarnates, there is a reason why they believe somebody has to reincarnate. Amen? Just like what we're going to go on, I'll make you see. When you believe in some of these things, you indirectly disbelieve the sacrifice of Christ. And I'll make you see how that works. Okay, so it means reincarnate to enter again. Amen? Okay. And uh, it corresponds to the Greek equivalent of this word is mentes psychosis. 
And when you translate that into English, it means a transmigration of the soul. All right? That's why I say you don't need to bother us so much about so many of these things. You just need to pick the CD. Right? A transmigration of the soul. A soul moving from one dimension to another dimension to be able to fulfill certain things, which I'm going to explain. Amen? All right. And the way they believed it, the transmigration of the soul, let me explain something, means uh, it connotes a reincarnation after that as either human animal, though emphasizing the continuity of the soul, not the flesh. Now listen to this. What it means is this. These two words, mind you, they are a little bit very close. Is that okay? This is a Greek. And this is more or less uh, the Western philosophy as the case may be. Is that alright? Okay. Transmigration of the soul means your soul is repeating a journey because it came to this life, it didn't do well, and so it has to come back to pay for the things it didn't do well. Is that alright? Now in that case it could come as a being, let me use the word human, or, sorry, or it could come in as an animal. That is the belief. In other words, you came to this life, you didn't do well, you were such a wicked person, you were such a sinner, and then your soul was so contaminated, and then you went back into spirit, then you have to come again. This time you could come in form of an animal, or you come in form of a human being. It all depends. And some even extend the belief to mean you come in form of even a tree. I remember when I was young, I was told that. You come in form of a mango tree. So that maybe because we are very stingy, you don't know how to bless people. And God sends you back here to become a mango tree so that people can eat of your fruit. <laughs> And I was told that. That's reincarnation. That is the extent of which it goes. Now I want to make you see the fallacy of this teaching. But at the same time, indirectly, Christians can believe into some of these things. And I'll make you see how. Okay. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. So, uh, people like Kurt, uh, he was a great philosopher, they've used those uh, terms uh, severally. So, I want you to understand. If you look at the world from what we said before, the Greek and all of that, the English equivalent of this world simply means a rebirth. Now, a rebirth is not necessarily the same being as born again. Did you get this? Hello. All right. What is defining that is rebirth. He was born, he is born again. Born again is, don't forget, that word born again is not actually the way it's supposed to be. It simply should mean born from above. That is basically the sense in which the word is used. You must be born from above. Not born again as if it's a rebirth. Now because we don't have a clear understanding of what it means to be born again, we use it. And sometimes use the word rebirth. 
When you talk about rebirth, you are indirectly talking about reincarnating. This may be hard tonight, but the Spirit will give you understanding. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, I'm not going to be dealing with so many of these, but um, a lot of the Hindu beliefs, Hindus and all of those stuff, Asian religions, they believe that even their gods reincarnate. Okay? They come back into life and all that. I don't know why they have to come back. Maybe those gods sin too. I don't know. <laughs> because Hindu gods are said to have been reincarnated. And sometimes it's like, why they believe that is? Maybe the person or the god couldn't do or doesn't have what he has at this moment when it reincarnated. And that is one of the reasons they have to worship some of those gods. Hmm? You want to study some of those things, go to study like the Avatar and all of that, Lom, Vishminu. You just study some of those stuff. You get what I'm saying. I took time to go through them, but they are not for your consumption right now. Hallelujah. Okay. So reincarnation is believed to occur when the soul or spirit after the death of the body comes back to life in a newborn baby. Or a new body. A newborn body. The person died before. Now, what do you call that in Yoruba land? Talk to me. Have you heard about Abiku before? Come on. Have you heard about Abiku before? Good. That is what they are describing. So in our own little way here, we are believed in reincarnation. A rebirth. The spirit is on a journey. It keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. The question is, what is the spirit continuously coming to do? With the beliefs of these people, is coming for purification purposes. But in your own local setting, where you believe into a biku or banja in that sense, it's not really coming for purification. You don't even have a basis. 